Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 562, air date April 9th, 2020. I'm going live on all different platforms here. We're going live on Periscope and we're going live on Facebook. Let me see, everything's coming up here. And we should be great. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Hope you're all doing well. Last time I accidentally forgot to go live on YouTube, so I apologize to everyone out in YouTube world, I'm live on Facebook, etc. Good afternoon. You know, I uh, I always, uh, my schedule always gets uh, hectic because as you know, I'm running for US Senate. I'm also, uh, I do research work and I'm also very committed to educating people in this time where people really need uh, access to knowledge and information to really put these things in perspective, but from really an aspect of science versus um, an aspect of you know looking at things just from what the mainstream media says. So what we're going to talk about today, um, there's a quote in a title of a paper I saw called Loneliness is a Molecule. That's what I put it in double quotes. And I want to talk about social distancing versus social connection. And I want to take a systems approach. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I also want to remind everyone before I go into that that I'm running for United States Senate and we're at a very critical situation because we need about 7,000 signatures more to get on the ballot. They're not allowing us because of the isolation, the quarantining. It's very difficult to go out and collect signatures. So we've set up a whole mode where everyone out there can help us and uh, tell your friends in Massachusetts, by the way, the only people unfortunately who can sign uh, for us to get on the ballot are people in Massachusetts because I'm running for U.S. Senate uh, from Massachusetts. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And um, after I talk about that, I want to talk about the fact that I'm an expert with witness in a lawsuit having to do with the fact that um, uh, the, in Texas, they've ruled that churches can't be open. And uh, a lawsuit has come up to fight against that, start, started by several doctors. And I was asked to be the main expert witness, so I want to talk about that. Before I go there, um, I want to begin by just sharing with everyone the fact that, uh, to remind everyone that I'm running for U.S. Senate. By the way, if you go to the website, you'll see the letter that I wrote to President. By the way, everyone on Instagram, this will be up live, but I'm sharing with everyone the, the, the uh, website, Shiva for Senate. But if you guys go here, you'll see that on this website, let me go back to the main website, on the main website, uh, at shivaforsenate.com, S-H-I-V-A for senate.com. You'll see that uh, on the top, we have Dr. Shiva, Truth, Freedom, and Health. And if you scroll down, there's a thing that says, get Dr. Shiva on the ballot, submit your contact information so we can send your nomination papers right to your doorstep for you to sign and mail into your local town hall to get Dr. Shiva on the ballot. So this is for Massachusetts residents only. So everyone out there, if you know someone if you know anybody who lives in Massachusetts, friends, family, please direct them to Shiva for Senate, this website, because we need about 7,000 more signatures to get on the ballot. Uh, the establishment, Republican Party, I'm running as a Republican, but I frankly don't care for either party. The reality is that the establishment, GOP establishment, as well as a Democratic establishment, does not want me on the ballot. They don't want uh, real people representing you on the ballot. I'm running against three lawyers, uh, Ed Markey and Joe Kennedy, another guy who's a complete guy that they just threw in, a complete trashy lawyer, three lawyers against me. Um, but we need to get on the ballot. Our volunteers have been working extremely hard. And so if you go to this website, shivaforsenate.com, let me go back to it. And if you scroll down from the top of the fold, you see Get Shiva on the Ballot. And all your friends need to do, they simply click on this thing saying uh, uh, submit a signature and we will mail them the forms. We, If they give their first name, their last name, their email, the address, we will literally mail them forms right to their doorstep. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of money we have to spend in sending out the postage. But we are sending out the actual nomination papers. They simply sign it and they put it in the mail, and that's it. So that's what we need you to do. Tell everyone to go to shivaforsenate.com, all your friends in Massachusetts, please 
send that URL to them. You can go right to shivaforcenter.com and that URL. Blast it out to all your friends. Do it right now. Anyone you know, tell them, get Dr. Shiva on the ballot and simply have them fill out that form and we will mail it to them. So that's something very important I wanted to do. Uh, let me talk a little bit about the fact that um, just uh, yesterday um, that I uh, uh, was asked to be an expert witness in a lawsuit to really talk about the fact that um, that a Harris County judge in Texas um, has uh, stopped the right to worship and peaceably assemble. We are in the midst of one of the, in my view, I love Easter. Um, you know, we're in this Passover season. In India, we call it Tamil New Year. So uh, this period has a lot of very important meaning on a religious level uh, for many, many people. Um, so Easter is one of my favorite holidays. It's the, it's, uh, if you're in the Christian tradition, it's really the rebirth, the resurrection. It's about the truth prevailing over evil. It's about good prevailing over evil to me. Um, and you can look at it in many ways that you want. But as you see here, uh, what's happened is that in Texas, albeit Texas, which is supposed to be the land of freedom, um, uh, the Harris County judge um, has stopped the ability for people to worship and peaceably assemble. And this lawsuit, this just came out in the press, uh, there's a set of people um, who are suing. Um, it, it includes uh, uh, a, a, a Dr. Stephen Hotze, um, who, who has reached out to me. It includes uh, various people. That, the plaintiffs include a representative Tom DeLay, Pastor Juan Bustamante, the City on the Hill Church pastor, a number of people who are really upset that people cannot gather. So think about what's going on. We're telling people to socially distance, and we should talk about that, because Fauci is going to try to claim this was how he solved everything. He, First of all, he explosively gave numbers that everyone was going to die in this country. Then he brought it down a couple hundred to 200,000. Then he's going to say he flattened the curve and socially distanced, forgetting about the fact that the sun is going to be coming out soon in the summer. It's a big scam that he's pulling off. But more fundamentally, what's uh, happening is that we're telling people that can't even come together, uh, convene. And one of the things I want to talk about is a power, the extreme power of when people come together and the value of that for human health. This is something that only a foolish person like a Fauci, only a, a very, very uh, stupid people who are evil people in that case, like the CDC and the WHO are doing because it's really not about your public health. It's they have another agenda because the science, as I'm going to share with you, shows a power of when people come together, that it's actually sickening to the human body when we isolate ourselves. So it actually hurts our body. I'm going to share with you some very interesting science. That's why I was a little bit delayed because I found this very, very beautiful paper uh, which shows how loneliness, how social isolation actually lowers the immune system, lowers the antiviral properties of the immune system, and increases inflammation. They've actually traced it down to a set of biochemical properties. So think about this. You have a complete foolishness going on here on so many levels because their agenda is vaccines, their agenda is top-down medicine, their agenda is creating this stuff of flattening the curve. And the reason they want to flatten the curve is because their entire healthcare system is so corrupt, they can't handle new people coming in. And moreover, they want to flatten the curve and kick down the, uh, the can down the street, which is to basically get their vaccines ready. Meantime, they don't give a damn about the economic health of this country being destroyed. They don't give a damn about your health. So this um, article that came out talks about the, uh, this fact, and, and, and uh, as, as Jared Woodfill, who's a lawyer that filed the lawsuit, said, the First Amendment guarantees our God-given unalienable rights to worship and to peaceably assemble. And neither of these rights are contingent upon our health status. These rights have been abrogated in many states, counties, and cities across the nation. Very, very powerful statement. And it goes on to say, um, in defiance of the court order, Houston Pastor Juan Bustamante of the city on a church held services on March 29th. During the service, police officers and a fire marshal arrived and instructed the pastor to disband the service. He re refused and he was issued a citation. 
And as Dr. Hotze argues, under the guise of public health emergency, our constitutional rights are being denied. In this article, it says, in addition to the lawsuit, the plaintiffs include an affidavit written by Dr. Shiva Ayadure that challenges a federal and state shutdown, uh, shutdown orders. Ayadure, a world-renowned immune expert, immune system expert, received his doctorate from MIT in biological engineering. And my affidavit, by the way, I have it over here if you're interested in it, um, if people want it, I can send it to you, but um, my affidavit that I submitted recently, and I had to get it verified, so another little project that I was involved in, but going back here, if we go back here, in this affidavit here, uh, what I'm sharing here is that I said the affidavit states that as of April 3rd, uh, according to the U.S. Center for Disease Control, there have been 277,205 confirmed and suspected cases of the coronavirus in the U.S., or 0.09% compared to the 17% of the population who contracted the flu over the same percent. So if you take it from a population standpoint, 0.09%, okay? 0.09% of the U.S. population has, 0.09% uh, of the U.S. population has contracted the coronavirus compared to 17%, you know, of the people who contracted the flu. So just remember that 0.09% compared to 17%, much, much, uh, a massive uh, difference uh, in order of magnitude. And, and then I uh, said, according to the CDC, 6,593 people died from the coronavirus or 0.002% of the US population, compared to 62,000 people who died from the flu or 0.02% of the population over the same time period. The death rate due to the flu in the U.S. is nearly 10 times more than COVID-19, Ayadere notes, and the incident rate of the flu in the U.S. is nearly 200 times more than COVID-19. Um, and at the end of this, you know, the article basically says that uh, I argue that public health and science must drive our response, and the science is clear. If we fail to take adequate steps, it but this is what's coming from them. I'm sorry, but the but the main point I'm saying this, the the calculations of actual death rates do not add up or warrant a shutdown. The affidavit argues, and so the reason I was sharing this was that here one of the most important reasons that the United States was created, the reason people left England and ran away, was because they wanted the right to have the religious rights, the rights to assemble, peaceably assemble, which is part of the First Amendment. The fact that a judge has shut this down, and all of this is based on a fake science. And that's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about how we have a fake science understanding of the immune system, and we have a reductionism that takes place, which means you take a very complex system, and what you're doing is you're only focusing on one uh, piece, which is really not even the truth that the immune system is somehow gonna get attacked and destroyed by these viruses. The reality is, as I keep saying, the we have 380 trillion viruses in us, we have nearly 60 trillion bacteria in us, and more importantly, we as a species have learned how to how to um, you know survive because of our ability of our res uh, immune system to be quite resilient. So let me go back to this, and I want to share with you something very very interesting. Now, um, let me go back to the PowerPoint here. This was a very interesting paper that came out. It was a landmark study. And look at the date. This was one of the oldest landmark studies that was done back in 19, it was done back in 1988. It's called Social Relationships in Health. I hope everyone can see this. Social Relationships in Health. And what this was, was really looking at um, the value that how does you know, being connected to another being, you know, being with friends and family, hanging around with people, you know, um, uh, growing up, you know, my parents always believed in all types of churches and temples. They weren't really denominational. They just felt the value you get from going where you uh, got to hear your elders speak was very, very valuable. But the most important thing I remember was after the church when people hung around, um, that you had this deep connection with people and it was it was also a social thing and I, it really made people feel comfortable, it made, pe made people feel healed. Out of the much, many, much of the research that was done on longevity, why people live long, and you wanna think about it, why do people live long? Well, the three reasons that people came up with was number one, you know, you had people who smoked a lot, drank a lot, 
but they live in some societies up to over 100. Well, the number one reason was because of the fact they had connections with other people. They felt at home, warmth. They didn't feel always under pressure. And as people know, when you're always under stress, when you don't have you know, um, any type of grounding, your cortisol levels can fluctuate through your hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal, it's called the HPA axis. And when you're under always this flight and fight response, that your immune system gets hurt. But one of the important things was social connections. In fact, that was the number one reason. Community, having friends was the number one reason for longevity. Long before vitamins, long before you know food. Number two was all of these people were outside and they did some type of physical activity. Number three was most of these cultures drank some type of fermented local liquid, a local fermented wine, a local, uh, my great-grandfather who lived, lived up to over 100, he worked in the fields until 93. Before he went to work, he would use the old rice that he had fermented in a wood barrel and he would drink the water. Tremendous amounts of B vitamins and other things re which really support the gut microbiome. But number one was social connections, friendships, these solid, very powerful friendships. Number two was you know, some physical activity. Number three was the ability to drink some, something fermented which supported the gut bacteria. So I just want to let you know that, but number one was social connection. And what are we doing right now? We're telling people to stay inside, don't get any vitamin D. We're telling people to isolate themselves from other human beings. And if you walk around nowadays, what do you see? People sort of look at each other very afraid. It's a really dystopian world that Fauci, the CDC, the WHO, the Gates guys, the Zuckerbergs, the Chinese Communist Party, you know, and Big Pharma have created. They socially isolated us. Is this good for health? They claim it's good for health. And I'm about to show you some science that is absolutely nonsense. This social disconnection is actually hurtful. In fact, loneliness is a molecule. It's one of the titles of one of the papers I'm gonna share with you. But going back to this, this was a wonderful landmark study. So people have known about this for many, many years, okay? And what this study really showed was that the lack of social uh, connection was a great, was greater detriment than obesity, smoking, and high blood pressure. Let me, re let me repeat that. The lack of social connection was greater detriment than obesity, smoking, and high blood pressure. Uh, many of you know I've been talking about pre-existing conditions. The reason these people who are going on the ventilators, who are having problems, whether it's COVID or some other virus, when, when, when the flu season comes, the number one uh, discussion here has been they've had pre-existing conditions, the obesity, they smoke, they had high blood pressure, some type of immunocompromised situation where their immune systems were lowered, meaning it was weakened and their immune system overreacts and attacks their own body. It's not the virus. The virus, basically the immune system in a normal case deals with it. Maybe you get some sniffles, you, your body readjusts and you move forward. But an overreactive immune system goes and attacks different parts of the body depending on where that virus mo molecule typically likes to go to. That's what we talked about. But it's people with underlying conditions, right? And if you look at this slide here from this research, this landmark study, what do you find? That even worse than those underlying conditions, obesity, smoking, and high blood pressure, is loneliness, is social disconnection. So let me, let me repeat this again, that we are actually creating an underlying condition. Foolish people like Fauci, and the pharmaceutical industry is actually creating an underlying connection, which is by creating social disconnection, the lack of connection. And I'm going to go down to the molecular level and share this. This is quite extraordinary. We don't, we tell, telling people not to get vitamin D, which I've shared with you in many of the videos as an antimicrobial. And then we're isolating people. And we're going to talk really about how uh, deplorable and horrible this is to the body. So this is a wonderful article that came out here, and that's uh, where I uh, put in quotes the title, Loneliness and Molecule. And this is a summary of the paper I'm gonna read to you. It says, changes in the immune system um, may explain why social factors like loneliness are linked to an increased risk of heart disease. Viral infections, viral infections. Loneliness creates viral infections, okay? and cancer, it is already known that a person's social environment can affect their health. 
with those who are socially isolated. That is lonely suffering from high, lonely, lonely suffering from higher mortality than people who are not. Now researchers have identified a distinct pattern of gene expression in immune cells from people who experience chronically high levels of loneliness. The findings suggest that feelings of social isolation are linked to alterations in the activity of the genes that drive inflammation, the first response of the immune system. So this is quite amazing because what it's actually showing is that loneliness at the molecular systems level, so if you take a systems approach, at the molecular level increases inflammatory, pro-inflammatory um, activity, which actually, and then lowers, it actually lowers antiviral activity, which means we actually are hurting the immune system. So how does this work? Let's go a little bit deeper. There was a wonderful paper that was done by Stephen Cole, um, and the paper basically said myeloid differentiation architecture of leukocyte transcriptome dynamics in perceived social isolation. So let me, uh, let me basically decipher that. It's basically saying that when you have people in social isolation, and they did it on humans and also um, uh, macaw mon monkeys, what they found was the, the social isolation actually affected the, at the uh, genetic level how your genes transcribe uh, a certain uh, uh, leukocytes, okay, which are your immune acting uh, cells. Okay, it's very, very important that social isolation at a large, uh, at, at a you know, high level, how that actually affects at the molecular systems level. And what was discovered here was quite fascinating. Um, it, it basically, what was discovered was the following. Let me go back to the uh, PowerPoint here, that conserved transcriptional response to adversity. So they termed this CRTA, conserved transcriptional response to adversity. What, that, what does that mean, transcriptional response? Transcriptional response is when an event, so here you have the cell, the outer membrane of the cell, you have the cytoplasm, and you have the actual nucleus, okay? So transcription occurs you know, when you're upregulating or you're turning on and turning off certain genes. It's a transcription process, okay? Where we're taking messenger RNA and you're transcribing that to create certain types of proteins. So it's basically a nuclear activity at the nuclear level that takes place integrated with what occurs in the, in the cytoplasm for transcription. This activity, which is basically the conversion of gene products, turning on, you know, where genes are being facilitated to create certain proteins, and what they have coined here is a term that they called conserved transcriptional response to adversity. So when you're under adverse reaction, these tra transcriptional response activities, or CTRA, which describes an upregulated inflammatory gene expression, which means that, that gene expression is turning on inflammatory markers and downregulating antiviral response. In other words, they've established a link between loneliness and CTRA that shows lonely people have more inflammation and a less responsive immune system. Let me repeat that. Lonely, lonely people have inflammation and a less responsive immune system. Lonely people have a rest, less, responsive, rest, less responsive immune system and higher inflammation. So just think about that, okay? We are supposed to be hiding from this virus, destroying the economy, 10 million people applied for unemployment just in March, people are going out of jobs. A friend of mine just said 40% of her staff had to be laid off. We're destroying the economy, isolating people, and this is supposed to be good, Mr. Fauci, Pharma Fauci, well, maybe he doesn't read anything. Maybe this guy who claims he's a scientist for 40 years is more about serving his masters in big pharma because as his paper clearly shows, what we're doing here is actually, actually down-regulating antiviral activity, which means suppressing it, and we're increasing up-regulating inflammatory activity, right? So you're down-regulating your antiviral activity of your body and you're up-regulating inflammatory response. This is what you don't want to do. This is the conditions for creating a cytokine storm. You're creating a major stressor in your body. All right? Absolutely absurd what's going on. So what we're talking about is the lack of social connection, the greater detriment, it's greater than obesity, smoking, high blood pressure, and it creates more inflammation, 
less responsive immune system, which means less antiviral response. This is not a good situation if you claim that you want to fight viruses, right? That you want to increase immune health. The reality is they are not interested in increasing the immune health of you or me. What they are interested in is weakening our immune health. And so they can give us mandated vaccines and pummel us with pharmaceuticals. Because if they really cared about this, they would follow through with the plan I gave to the president, which was let's take our highly critically ill people. Please give them vitamin C, IV vitamin C. 80 to 90% of the people on these ventilators are going to die. And they are dying as the report I, that just came out in the Daily Mail. It was also reported in, in, in the US News and World Report yesterday because you have a cytokine response taking place in the in, in, uh, cytokine storm taking place in the lungs and fluid is filling up and now you're putting in more pressure. Come on, this is absolutely stupid. We need to get rid of that water, which is why we need to give the high a dose IV vitamin C, a solution that's been proven over and over and over again in multiple papers. Yet none of these guys are talking about it. So we're killing the critically ill, we're isolating people, we're down-regulating the antiviral response, and we're increase, increasing inflammation. Now, is it gonna occur to everyone? No, but there's a lot of people in this country who can get very depressed in weather like this, and moreover, when you have the conditions that are taking place, they can't meet with everyone. That's why it's so ridiculous that police are being called in to shut down you know, places of worship. Now, we need to take a much more personalized approach. Those people are immunocompromised, yes. Maybe they should stay at home, be quarantined. Those people are critically ill. Yes, they need ICU with the proper IV vitamin C, but those people are healthy? Are we gonna get them more sicker? That's what this is about. We, this is basically taking all the healthy people and getting them more sick by what I just shared with you. So why does this occur? Why does this kind of stupidity take place? And what I wanna to talk to you about is, um, is that this occurs is because we don't take a systems approach to understanding the body. We don't take a systems approach to understanding our economy. We don't take a systems approach to health and well-being, health and well-being for our economy and the health and well-being for our immune system. Because if we did, we would have modulated this. If we did, you know, we would be working out there right now. We would be taking care of the critically ill with IV vitamin C. It's a personalized protocol for them. We would be ensuring those people are immunocompromised. You, you hit them with the vitamin D and the vitamin A and also vitamin C and the iodine. And then you would be taking the people who are healthy getting them out. Instead, we're keeping them inside. Now, the, the research, that landmark study, what it also showed was this, that strong social connections, when you get out there and you connect with other people, how does that help you? Well, it helps you in a very profound way. First of all, it's a 50% increased chance of longevity. So you, you increase your chance of having longevity. It strengthens your immune system. Genes impacted by loneliness code for immune function and inflammation, as I just shared, and we can recover from disease faster. So we can recover from disease faster. That's why strong social connections are very, very important. So what I'm sharing with you here is this is based on real science. People have done the studies at the molecular systems level, not Fauci's people, not at the CDC and his friends at the Gates Foundation, etc., making up their science because they have a larger agenda for a few people to control our future, our bloodstream. But that's what's actually taking place when you really think about the importance of social connections. So social connections versus social distancing. You tell me, you tell me what, it's, what good it's doing. You know, yes, the immunocompromised, we wanna protect them. Okay, wash your hands. But what good is it doing when we're creating this environment where everyone is viewing each other as an enemy? That's what we've created. Oh my God, he may have this, he may have this. Let me stay away from his cooties. That's what we've created. And what does that do? It's gonna hurt the immune system because we've disconnected people. And moreover, we're not talking about boosting immune health. We're doing all the wrong things if we truly cared about immune health, but we don't. What they care about is destroying our immune health so they can pummel us with pharmaceutical drugs and vaccines across the board to everyone. That's really what's going on. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts on this. There's no gray area. It's black and white with what they're doing. Let me now talk to you about why they're doing this. As I've shared with you over and over again, the reason they're doing this is these people are like the blind men touching the elephant, which I've talked about. If the elephant represents our immune health, they're touching little pieces of it, like the blind men who are trying to understand what they're touching. And if they were to really get together, that you would realize that the guy who touched the, 
the 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 snout thought it was a snake the guy who touched the the tail thought it was a rope and so on they really don't have a fundamental understanding of the whole because these people are, are, are insiders they're very secretive in how they operate they take a reductionist model they believe one size fits all where every all everyone should be taking the same medicines the same vaccines they're centralized and they're highly into censorship. They do not want us talking about real solutions. If you talk about vitamin D, someone shuts you down. If you talk about vitamin C, they shut you down. But the fundamental reason this takes place is because of, because of a lack of a systems approach. Now, some of you may know this. I just want to review this because what I'm going to share with you is that I know people are hurting right now. People are at home. Some of you are losing jobs. Your friends are losing jobs. The way out of this, this is an opportunity for us to take a systems approach to understanding the whole so we can with confidence reject their nonsense. That's what we need. We need to overcome fear and even people who are well-meaning can easily get caught into this fear-mongering. And the way out of the fear is, to, is through the light of knowledge. And that's how we take, you know, we, we take the light of the, like the lightsaber and we pierce the darkness and we let in the light and the light is truth. And when you have the truth, you can stand up with confidence. But if you're not sure, you're always wondering if you're doing something wrong. So I want to share with you uh, very briefly the fact that I've created a tool called Your Body, Your System, which can teach you how your body is, is a system. I've also created a book called System and Revolution. You know, I want to because people are hurting you know i i was doing it on our website at some ridiculous cost but what i want to offer today is anyone whatever you can give we we do it on our website at shiva for senate if you donate i think you had to donate like 25 or more to get it and because and i never felt good taking your money if you didn't if i didn't do something for you so my gift was the book and the tool but what i'm here to announce today is given what's going on in this country whatever you can give do it. If you can only give five, I think there's a minimum of five or something, do that and you get the tool. The reason I'm doing this is because my great-grandfather, who was an indentured servant, it's an honor to him. You know, as a 12-year-old kid, he went on an as an indentured servant to Burma, uh, very frugal. He came back to India from that. Um, but he always said he was a very frugal man and he worked his butt off. He was a poor farmer. But whenever it came to education, he would somehow find ways to help people. So I, in reverence to him, what I want to let everyone know is that if people want to go, you know, I think I mentioned to you, let me just share this with you. If people want to support the campaign, and if you go to, uh, you know, shivaforsenate.com here, I was, let me just show you here. If you go to shivaforsenate.com, if people donated before, I think you had to donate $5 or $25 or more, and I gave you the, the book, System and Revolution, and Your Body, Your System. But now, if you whatever you want to donate, if you want to donate five, or it, it's yours, okay? And the reason I want to do this is I don't want to have a barrier to, to entry for anyone being able to access this knowledge because it's really, really important to understand uh, how everything works as a system. And that's been one of the ways that I'm able to understand uh, things and decipher things to expose these people. So you, you, I want to give you access to that knowledge. But at a high level, um, many of you know that I grew up in India. You know, I grew up in a world where I had to integrate different worlds. I grew up in Bombay, which is a very, very different world. You know, you have this kind of scenes. And in one little road scene, you'll see everything. You'll see bullock carts, you'll see rickshaws, you'll see people walking on their feet and buses and Mercedes all together. Uh, but I also grew up in this world, which was a village, a small, deep South Indian village. And these are uh, very beautiful temples there. And my grandparents were poor village farmers. And my grandmother on weekends was a village healer. This, this is her in her Sunday best. She would observe your face and using a diagnostic approach, she could figure out what was your state of your body. You see, in the Indian system of medicine, everyone is unique. Everyone is not the same. And so by observing your face, and they had various techniques, the pulse, the face was one technique. She could figure out what was going on inside your body. And based on understanding that, she would um, figure out what was the right medicine for the right person at the right time. Now, she used a whole system of medicine and is best exhibited by this triangle where you had, I'm not gonna go through all the details. I have a course that I've created called Systems Health um, that's up there, you guys can learn from it. I talk about it in the book. But this entire uh, different system of medicine was called Siddha or Ayurveda. And in the system of medicine, starting at the bottom, it's when existence started, all the way 
to how we created the human body on top and in between in this orange area was called Vatha Pitta Kapha. In the interest of time, I'm not gonna go into it, but Vatha Pitta Kapha were ways that you characterize your body. So my grandmother would look at your face, she would say, oh, that's a Vata Pitta person, or, or that's a Pitta Kapha person, figuring out your body type, because that defined you, your homeostasis. And then she would figure out how you had maybe affected your body by not eating well, by not sleeping well, how you were disturbed from that, and the idea was to eat the right foods, or do the right massage, or do the right yoga to bring you back to you. This was a system of Indian medicine that I was exposed to as a child, and I saw her profoundly heal and help people. But um, so my parents came here in 1970. You know, I was very interested in medicine, as, as I've shared before. As a 14-year-old kid, I graduated. Um, I, I went to NYU and got a very interesting opportunity to study computer science. And I started working full-time as a full-time research fellow at the age of 14. And only in America probably this is possible, but as a young child scientist. As a child inventor, I started working as a full-time research fellow where I was looking at baby sleep patterns and trying to predict the onset of what we call apneas when the babies were dying in their sleep. That was one project, but the other project I was given, so in this project I really learned medicine and biology, but in this project I really was asked to convert the old-fashioned inner office mail system. You remember if the secretary had the inbox, the outbox, the folders, the paper, she'd write this thing called a memo. She'd put it in this envelope. You know, By the way, the memo had the blind carbon copy, the carbon copy. It was a complete system. This would go in this thing called an envelope, and it would be sent out through these pneumatic tubes. This was the email before email. This was the email before email. This is how offices communicated. And I was asked to convert this entire system to the electronic form. By the way, the scientists of that time thought this was impossible. This is a quote from a guy who wrote this uh, in 1977, considered one of the leading guys in the field. And let me just make sure this is okay. And what he wrote at that time uh, was, uh, this, he said, at this time, no attempt is being made to emulate the full-scale interorganizational mail system. It's impossible to build a system. I didn't, and I created that system. I called it email. The reason I called it email was the operating system only allowed five characters. So I wrote all the code to capture all the features of that inner office mail system, named it email, and in fact, a few years after I did this, I got the first US copyright. This is one, one of the early scenes of me sharing the invention with others, and I, and I got the first United States copyright recognizing me as the inventor of email. The reason this is important, and several years ago, this a Time Magazine did the article. The reason this is important is that innovation that science that I did occurred before I came to MIT, okay? All of it occurred before I came to MIT. I was a child inventor, a child scientist, before I came to MIT, was doing medical research as well as invention. But when I came to MIT, what I was really, really upset about was the fact that I wanted to do medicine. Remember, I had a deep interest in wanting to do medicine, but I wanted to do medicine from a Western perspective, but appreciating how my grandmother looked at the whole body. But what I found was when I came to a place like MIT, they saw the body as parts, okay? And you know, uh, they didn't see it as a whole system. So the issue is what is a system? Well, you're looking at this, is it's, it's, the, it's the back of a watch. A system is the integrated interconnection of a bunch of parts. By the way, this is a system. You know what this is? This is a space shuttle's engine. This too is a system. This is a system. You're looking at the, the from aerial view of a city. This is a system, a cell. This is a system, a robot. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is if I wanna teach you how to see the fundamental principles of all systems, that's why I'm, I'm, I wanna give that to you guys for whatever you can give, but I want you to understand that if only our freedom our liberation is only gonna come if we take a systems approach. So if you look at all these little systems I just gave you, you know, the robot, the cell, are there common things across all these systems? Are there fundamental properties? And that's why I, um, uh, that's the exploration I wanted to do. And I found out that all systems have five elements, the input coming into the system, the output, and then the systems have a phenomenon called transport. Now, I'm gonna go through this in the interest of time somewhat fast, because I want you guys to get excited to actually 
take advantage of this tool so you guys learn it. But this is a little preview I'm just doing so you guys get excited about this. But the bottom line is that everything in nature, a system as an input and an output, simple to understand, but it also has transport, a phenomenon of movement of energy, information, and matter. One way to think about it is this dancer flying through the sky or the wind moving or you know cars being transported. That's the aspect of transport. The next aspect of a system, the fourth, is conversion. All systems take energy from one form or information from one form or matter and they convert. And you know, solar cells do that, right? They take light energy and they give you electricity. A diesel generator takes fuel and it gives you mechanical motion. And the mitochondria in your cell, they literally convert you know, fuel into ATP. Point is, conversion is a very, very important aspect of all systems in the universe. The other piece is systems also have storage, okay? So these are the five basic aspects of all systems, storage or structure. So for example, battery stores energy, right? Grain silos store matter, corn. And guess what? The cytoskeleton in your cell is a structural. Structure and storage go together. So this is what's called an open system, right? So if you take a basic system, any system in the universe, you've got an input and an output. Something comes in, something goes out, right? It has input, trans transport, conversion, and storage. The reason I'm trying to open you guys up to this, imagine a whole different way to look at every system in the universe in your body. That doesn't mean you have to go to medical school. Imagine that you can actually understand everything from a system standpoint, be your computer works, how your car works, how your body works. So fundamental here is what I'm sharing with you is, that everything has an input and output. You have the movement of information, matter, and energy, the conversion, and the storage is represented by this uh, brown thing. Um, and this system, so for example, an open system is a light switch. You turn on the light, electricity flows through, that's a transport, it gets converted, uh, electricity into the filament of the light bulb, you get heat, and then you get the output. Another example is your toaster. You put in a piece of toast, you press it down, that's the input, it gets heated by the coils, by the heat, converting it to brown, and then you get the output, okay? Uh, uh, a, a water faucet, you turn it, that's the input. Water, which is stored, is transported and flows through, and it's converted by when it was still to movement by the valve. So there you go. These are all different kinds of systems. But what I want to uh, finish with is one of the most important systems in the universe. So this is these are open systems. Get an input, you get an output, right? Turn on the switch, light bulb, and it turns on. In fact, advertisers and those in power, the Gateses, the Fauci's, these kinds of people want you to be an open system. They wanna hit you with an ad and then you go buy a burger. They wanna tell you that the COVID virus is gonna kill you and that viruses will kill you and then you go hide away and you get fear mongered, okay? Input, output. They always want open, dumb systems. They want to make you a dumb system. Well, what's an intelligent system? And this comes right out of control systems theory. Well, an intelligent system is something that has a goal. It begins with a goal. An intelligent system takes, feeds back the output from an open system, has a sensor, and it takes that sensor and it makes an assessment. Because let's say you have a goal, you want to find out where you're actually at through the sensor and then you make a decision using this thing called a controller and then you change the inputs to this open system to get a new output. This is called a feedback system and I'm going to show you and by the way all of this is done in the midst of a disturbance and to make it simple so intelligent systems have a goal, a sensor, a controller, or a disturbance to make it simple consider your thermostat you have you want to set 78 degrees by the way your thermostats your autopilot, if you're, if you're flying a plane, these are highly intelligent systems. Your body wants to be at homeostasis. Our body is able to maintain a constant body temperature, okay? It knows how to handle the fluctuations. It is a very intelligent system. Your body right now wants to be in homeostasis. It doesn't want to be in a diseased state. So if you get it back to homeostasis, your body will take care of itself. So let's walk through just to understand these principles. So if you take a thermostat, you set it for 78 degrees, by the way, this is your living room that you're watching this in. This is the storage of the hot water down your basement. Your goal is 78. Well, what do we do? We feed back the, out, the output through a sensor, so we measure the actual temperature. 
Then we have a controller which decides, oh, I need to hit 78 degrees, right? The temperature here is recording 70, so I'm gonna send more hot water into the living room, okay? This is a control system. You're off course, do adjustments. You know what? My body is inflamed. Let me hit it with some vitamin D, vitamin A. You know, let me take some turmeric, these kinds of things. So you, you adjust your body. And then you find out, oh, now the temperature's too high, okay? Well, then you turn off the water and so on. And eventually as you do this, you're, you finally hit your room 78 degrees. The point is, we're talking about a very powerful concept here. It's called a control system. You have a goal, you're off course, and you make adjustments to get back to, in this case, 78 degrees. But this concept that I shared with you is a systems approach, okay? Where do, you, where, where do you want to be? In this case, you want to have immune health. If you do the right set of things, your body will bring you back to that immune health. So what I want to share with you in closing is this. The, the key here uh, is that to any system, that if you have a goal, which is this green line, it's not like overnight you hit it. You, you start at a certain point. Sometimes you may overshoot it, undershoot it, etc. But the point to life, the point to achieving health or any goal in life is you keep making adjustments. You don't immediately get the get uh, get to the right place you want to. If you're feeling a certain way, you make minor adjustments, minor adjustments. Sometimes you have to make major adjustments, but you're constantly changing the inputs to your system to come back to you. And so that's really the concept of system syncing. Um, and by the way, another way to look at it is you have input and output transport conversion and storage that's called the open system this is called the this is called the intelligent system and that's what your thermostat does and by the way if you want to achieve a certain weight if you want to achieve a certain amount of wealth if you want to have a certain amount of health you set that as your goal you observe so if you want to you're you know uh, 200 pounds you want to get down to 180 what do you do you 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 weigh yourself you say wait a minute I'm uh, I'm 200, I want to get down to 180. Your measuring scale is your sensor. And then you make changes. You use your brain, which is your controller, and you say, you know what? I'm gonna maybe stop eating these high sugar foods, okay? That would be the input into your system. So now you transport in perhaps some of the more healthy fatty fish foods, right? Salmon and vegetables, those are your inputs. Maybe you exercise. That gets transported into your system. Your body converts that to fuel. It stores some of it and then you get an output. Maybe your weight now drops to 190 and you say, okay, I'm gonna keep going in that direction, okay? And finally get to 180. You may have a disturbance, okay? Which could be your friend saying, ah, don't do that. Let's go get drunk and wasted and stay awake. Well, if you do that, let's take a ton of drugs. Well, you're, 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 you're gonna get obese, etc. My point is that you have control on what you put in to make these adjustments. That's called systems thinking, control systems. So, uh, for me, I wanted, as you know, my work at MIT, my PhD work was really to take the Western approach to understand the body as a system from a molecular systems approach, molecules and proteins and you know all these immune systems. So that's one way of looking at the world, which is what this was. In 2007, when I finished my PhD, this is what I learned. But I also had been exposed to this as a child in India, the Indian systems of medicine. And I wanted to find out the interconnection. So in 2000, and I think this was 2010, this appeared on the front page of the MIT News, 2007. It's talking about the Fulbright Scholar and a New Adventure. MIT thought it was quite interesting that with all my four degrees, why would I want to go back to India to study traditional systems of medicine? But that's what I did. I went back and I had the big aha moment during my research and what I found was that the Indian system of medicine, they, they use terms like karma, which actually meant action. Karma fall means the fruits of action. Vatha is a movement of information, matter and energy. Pitha is a conversion and kapha is a storage. So this was a pretty interesting breakthrough that I'd made because what I realized was the Indians were seeing the body as a system. They were using a different language, but they weren't using molecules and proteins but they were using a different language. Interesting enough, that language matched one-to-one, -one, not with medical or molecular biology, but engineering theory. And in fact, got even more interesting that when I looked at the yoga systems, that they, a sankalpa was a word, uh, was your goal. The indriyas were your senses, your five senses, vikaras were your disturbances, 
and manas were the controller, your mind. So I eventually wrote a paper in not, an, not a medical journal, because you know the MDs would never get this because they're trained by Big Pharma. I didn't put it in an alternative journal because people wouldn't take me seriously enough, but I wrote, this, wrote it this in an engineering journal called the Systems of Systems of Engineering. And what I really discovered was a Rosetta Stone where I said, look, here are the terms we use in engineering, which everyone can agree on. No one has any issues with this. And then I said, look, these are the terms that the systems of traditional medicine use. And this was really the beginning of the Rosetta Stone or the Rosetta Stone discovery. And what I was able to do for the naysayers to say, hey, look, the traditional systems of medicine are matched one-to-one with engineering control systems principles. The key takeaway from this is that we can actually at least honor these systems of medicine. If you, so this, let me go back here, this entire concept led to my creating a tool and when I got back to MIT, I created a whole new course system um, called, let me go back here, called Systems Health, okay? So when I got back, let me go back here, um, transition, I'll come back to this. When I got back to MIT in 2010, I realized that I'd made a major breakthrough, that what I had actually discovered was that the Indian systems of medicine weren't a system of medicine. They were actually a whole approach to understanding the body. No different than when an engineer builds an airplane or when people build large-scale systems. And the language that I had developed could be taught to anyone. So I actually, in 2010, when I got back to MIT, I asked the head of the department of MIT, hey, could I teach a lecture series on showing the integration of Eastern systems of medicine and engineering systems theory? He allowed it. And 300 people would show up. On one side of the room would sit all the MDs, the PhDs, and the engineering people. On the other side of the room would sit all the acupuncturists, the chiropractors, the yoga people. And they would all look at each other really strange. And what I was able to do with this knowledge was bring them together in a whole new knowledge on this concept of transport, conversion, and storage of memory, how the body is a homeostasis, and how when you don't take care of your body, you move away, you, you, get, you disturb your body, and how with the right inputs you can bring it back. Very simple. That resulted in a whole course series that I started teaching uh, in, a, in a very nice way to many people. I did it at major institutions to validate it, and you can go see it. It's called the Systems Health Educational Program. I started offering it. People used to pay me a ton of money for this, but I wanted to make it accessible to more people. So that was really the beginning of this whole Systems Health Program. Then what I wanted to do was I wanted to even make the principles even more accessible to more people because some people don't have the chance to even do this. So that resulted in me creating a tool called Your Body, Your System. And the goal was I wanted to make it even easier. One of my goals in life is I want to take stuff out of this very, very difficult way they have of explaining everything and make it simpler because I believe that the universe also follows the KISS principle, keep it simple, stupid. So what I've done here, what may seem profoundly simple, but it doesn't lose the complexity, is I created a tool called Your Body, Your System. And what you are is first it begins with understanding who you are. Remember, one size does not fit all. So instead of having to go all the way to India to meet my grandmother, who's by the way passed away, you answer a set of questions, and in this dimension of transport, conversion, and storage, it figures you out. So that red dot right there is you. That's your goal. In, in many ways, your body has an intelligence. It knows where you wanna be. What this is doing now, ideally you'd use your intuition, but many people, we've forgotten that. Here, what you're really finding is who you are, where your body likes to be. And this is based on engineering systems principles, and a lot of this stuff was actually published before, these questions. And then, this set of questions, based on if you've traveled, if, you, if you've suddenly changed your diet or the seasons, a black dot determines how far have you deviated from you. By the way, the red dot in the center doesn't mean you're better or anything, but the black dot tells you where you are. And then, you can take, then it calculates for you, so you understand what are the right inputs for you, the right foods, the right supplements, the right things to get you back to you. So what you're looking at is, again, this is not to say, don't talk to your doctor, health practitioner, but what I wanna start teaching you is your body wants to be at a particular place where it functions well, just like when you maintain your car. That's that red dot. The black dot is when you deviate. And then by the right inputs, no different than the thermostat giving fuel, you bring your body back to you. So that's why we called it Be Happy, Be You in a very simple way, but it really says it all. 
So that's what I wanted to share with you. Now, one of the things I've done is um, I've, as I mentioned, let me go back here, because I wanted to really, um, my campaign for U.S. Senate is not just a campaign for U.S. Senate, but I really wanted to make it a campaign for truth, freedom, and health. As you can see in the, in the main part here, as, as you guys know, I'm running for U.S. Senate, and um, uh, uh, one of the things I think I mentioned, everyone needs to go on the ballot and sign up to get me signatures. But one of the key things I've done here is that when, if people want to support the campaign, which many of you have done generously, is I was charging 25 bucks, which itself I thought was pretty low, where people get this entire ebook and they get access to the whole tool. Um, right now we had it, at, I think it's 25 bucks is what you need to pay. But what I'm saying is whatever you can afford, if you can't afford 25, you can't afford 10, even five, there's some transaction fees that we have. But that's what I want to offer you. And, and by the way, if some of you are really destitute and can't make it, please email me or DM me and I'll even try to make some special considerations. I don't want any of you not having the opportunity to learn how your body is a system. I don't want to take that away. I was afforded a lot of this from a lot of people who suffered so I could get educated. We're living in a time where a lot of people are hurting, so I want to help you with that. So go take advantage of that if you want to. It's there to support you. The last thing I wanted to finish up with is the reason that you have people like Fauci, the reason you have people um, uh, trying to pull off uh, a big uh, scam here with this entire fear-mongering. Remember, fear-mongering hurts your body. Isolation hurts your body, as we just discussed. Social isolation affects immune properties in at the cellular level. You actually hurt your immune system, that you actually down-regulate antiviral properties and you upregulate inflammatory properties, which compromises your immune system. And the reason that occurs is if you want to give Fauci the benefit of the doubt, he's basically his training is horrible, okay? Most MD's training goes like this. They see the body as a disconnected set of parts. So if you have a problem, like a headache, you may have to go see an endocrinologist, a, you know, a, a, a nervous system specialist. A, you, know, you may have to go see five different specialists. You're triage. And at the end of it, look what's happening to our healthcare system. Because of this dysfunctional, non-systems-based approach, we're spending close to 20% of our GDP, 20% of our GDP, our gross national product, around $4 trillion on healthcare. And this is why no one wants to talk about vitamin D, vitamin C, vitamin A. They don't want to talk about the importance of social connection. This is why they want to shut down churches, okay? This is why in places of worship, at a time when Easter is coming up. And that's why I uh, agreed to be an expert witness in that lawsuit. So in closing, what I want to share with you is that we're at a very, very important um, point where if we really take truth, if we really start understanding science, we can see that there's huge opportunities to heal ourselves, And that healing is going to come from understanding that the sun is very powerful. Vitamin D, this supports the immune system, right? Helps you get back into homeostasis. Vitamin A, which can come from the green, dark vegetables and fruits. And if your thyroid's working right, proper iodine and iodide, your body creates vitamin A, which creates those beautiful things to protect your cell walls. Vitamin D is an antibacterial, antiviral. The vitamin C, particularly, it, it, it also shunts off viral replication. It modulates the immune response. It's a wonderful antioxidant, a very, very powerful anti-inflammatory. And hanging around with people, connecting with people, as I just shared, it really is one of the most powerful things for, for your health. So that's why I call this loneliness as a molecule. And also I talked about, hopefully we've covered the how horrible social distancing actually is versus social connection. And uh, in closing, what I want to uh, finish everyone with, uh, not finish, uh, finish this discussion with is, as many of you know, I'm running for United States Senate. We need everyone, and listen very carefully, everyone can do this. Everyone out there can literally go to our website right here. And if you go down here, it says, get Dr. Shiva on the ballot. Tell your friends, it's in Massachusetts, or anyone who you know in Massachusetts, to submit their contact information on this form so we can mail them out ballot papers so they can get me on the ballot. Right now, the problem is it's very difficult to go collect signatures. We need about 7,000 signatures. So we're going to run this like a telethon over the next 5, 10 days. We need 7,000 signatures to get on the ballot so we can win 
truth, freedom, and health so we can win that Senate seat for all of us. So we need people to go here, tell your friends in Massachusetts or if you're from Massachusetts, all you need to do is click this little button here and you fill out your contact information right here. First name, last name, phone, address, and our volunteers will mail you right to your doorstep the nomination papers, the envelopes, so you can submit. Anyway, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I hope uh, this has been valuable. Uh, and I think my Instagram has just about ended. I'm going to start again here so people don't get upset that I've cut them off. Hello, everyone. Um, we're starting again on Instagram. But the bottom line is I really need your support to get on the ballot. We need tell all your friends in Massachusetts to go to Shiva for Senate. Scroll down and click that button. Fill in their name. And our volunteers are literally going to mail them everything they need. Sorry, uh, folks on Instagram. There's only an hour that's allowed. So that's one thing. The other thing is I want to let you know we got to all start looking at the body as a system. Given what's going on, given all of you folks, um, a number of you, hopefully it's not going to be a growing majority of us as we're headed into this very bad period of the economy. Anyone who wants to go take the systems course, whatever you can give, give, and we'll give you access to, to my really cool ebook and that. And if you can't even give, send me a note and I'll make sure we, we find out a way to support you. This is not about making money off of this. This is really about building a movement. And that's what that course content will help you do. It'll start helping you understand how your body is a system, how everything is a system in the universe. Let me see if I can take any questions. Uh, still says 25 on your site, but we'll donate that now. Yeah, so we're going to, sorry about that. I just decided to do this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a very um, uh, intuitive guy. I listen to what's going on um, and I, I've been hearing so many people being affected. So we will change that on the site. But even right now, consider whatever you give, you're going to get that. Even if you give five or 10, whatever, I just want to make it easy for everyone. And if some of you are really, really hurting, just direct message me and I'll make sure we can get you access to that tool. They're only, sometimes, you know, when you don't charge anything, then no one values anything at all. So, you know, it's at worst case, it's $5. We still have some costs. So do whatever you want. Money is, is essential still. CA needs Shiva, $25 well spent. So anyway, let me take a couple of other questions. Let me go up on YouTube here, see what we have going. Again, to people on YouTube, I apologize. Um, uh, last time or what happened where I didn't uh, send it to you guys right away. Okay, so we're saying YouTube, great info. Um, go Shiva, Shiva for Senate, uh, cast system, we love your truth. Um, great. Anyway, um, I think what I want to do is just once again, for if people are joining new, I just wanted to cover this um, one interesting slide that I went through very quickly talking about that research which shows how at the molecular level that when we isolate ourselves, when we don't hang out with others and we don't have friendships, uh, when we do social isolation, which is what Fauci is promoting, that we actually hurt the immune health of our body. Okay? Exact opposite of what we want to do. But that thanks to you CDC, thanks to you WHO, Thanks to all of you bamboozling the President of the United States, fear-mongering the hell out of everyone. You're not helping anyone. You're actually hurting us. You're not talking about immune health. You're not talking about vitamin D. You're not talking about vitamin C. People on ventilators are actually being killed. They don't do any of that. What they are talking about is doing all the wrong things. So we all become addicted to drugs and vaccines. They, this is a purposeful act. Other, either it's purposeful or people are actually dumb and stupid. It's probably a mixture of both. And it's unfortunate, but hopefully these videos, these things that as you share them, get them out there will help people because, you know, Easter is coming. I love Easter time. It's an amazing opportunity for the light to come down, for the light within us to overcome darkness. You know, Passover is when the angel of death passed over. And it's really, uh, you know, ignorance passing over. So if you uh, look at, again, I just want to end with these two slides so you can remember this that this was really about loneliness as a molecule, social isolation, you know, uh, social um, distancing versus social connection. And if you look here, this wonderful paper which shows conserved transcriptional response to adversity, which describes an upregulated inflammatory gene expression and downregulated antiviral response. In other words, they have established a link, a molecular systems link between loneliness and CTRA that shows lonely people have more inflammation and less responsive immune systems.
there you go. Fire Fauci. We need to get rid of him. We need to get people in governance who actually know how to solve problems. We all need to take control of our health and we can never allow the state top down to mandate medicine. All this mandated bullshit's gotta end. It's gotta be bottoms up. The body's a very complicated system. We have to find the right practitioners for us. We have to figure out what the right foods are. We have to understand how the body is a system. So go take advantage of your body or system and um, be the light and I wish everyone uh, a great evening. I think I'm on a couple of evening shows today. One of the things is I try to do my own shows. I'm trying to get on a regular basis, 3.30, 5.30. But I think question-wise, do you guys think I should do 3.50, uh, 3.30 p.m. EDT or 5.30 p.m. EDT? Uh, you know, I, I work a lot. I get up at 4 or 5 in the morning. I'm working. I try to put these presentations together. By the Around this time, it seems when I get my head out of the uh, all the stuff I'm doing and I can do these. Uh, do you guys want 3.30 or 5.30? Any questions? EDT. Any questions about that? Because I want to find the right time to do it. Let's see what people on Instagram are saying. Uh, 5. People are saying 5.30. 5.30 is winning. 3.30. Okay, 5. We see more 5s. So right now the fives are winning, okay. Um, okay, so we'll try to do it then. Um, I had to, by the way, get dressed up today because I had to do a couple of interviews this morning on a couple of news shows. But um, I'll try to do it 5.30. That's what I'll shoot for. That'll be our show. If I'm doing with other people, again, another question, would you guys like to, me to also stream those out? I have an, you know, I was on Alex Jones today. I was, I'm going to be on um, the Pharaoh. By the way, I support a lot of the alternative media um, because I believe they're at least trying to do the right thing. They may not get it perfect. They may not have the right lighting. They